Hey everybody, welcome back to the BuddyCast. Uh, I am Alex. And I'm Paul. And as always, uh, we are joined by some amazing people from around the tabletop RPG community to play our first foray into Pathfinder 2E. I am genuinely terrified. Uh, should be. I, thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> luckily, we have a lot of our own experts on hand. Um, and I, I might as well just kick it over to them. Uh, Aubrey, what, what you got going on? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good today. Uh, hi, I'm Aubrey. Uh, many people may know me as I am the GM of Pablets and Gaze. Uh, I also will be GMing uh, another podcast coming up soon, uh, Anima Magiri, which is a City of Mist one, which... Just pay attention to us on Twitter. We will have more information soon on that. But uh, also, Goblets and Gaze will come back for season two, March 17th, which is, oh, I think wow. it's going to be like the week after this post. So that's cool. That's pretty dope. That's awesome. I, did, hey. I, I didn't know the turnaround. Doing a St. Patrick's Day yeah. launch off. Yeah. Everybody's uh, drinking green beer and getting wasted. Drink, <laughs> drink, drinking green beer and listening to season two. I anticipate your first episode will be entirely about leprechauns and the mischief therein, or I'll oh, be totally. very disappointed. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> we'll also let you include uh, other various Irish lore as well, including mm. the banshees, uh, if, if you so wish. Only if they're drunk, though. Drunk. And, and the Blarney Stone. And the Blarney Stone. About a castle. Good to know. <laughs> if you kiss it, it gives you the gift of gab. It does. And the gift mm-hmm. of herpes. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people have kissed that thing. We so it mm. seems odd to tell the story pre-COVID, but I have I've kissed the Blarney Stone when we were in mm. Ireland, and it's on top of a castle. Yeah, I've seen like and photos. That you have to like contort yourself to get to it. There's a guy there that uh, he he because you have to flip yourself upside down to kiss mm. it to get the gift of gab, and so he like he manipulates you and like mm. pushes you towards the stone to expedite the mm. line of people. Which pretty much helps people do keg stands all day long. Exactly. <laughs> Except he, he was pretty rough with me. He, like, flipped me, and he shoved my face into the Blarney Stone. I didn't kiss it. I actually just smacked my head against it pretty hard. And then he picked me back up, and he's like, there you go. And I was like, what happened? <laughs> what happened? Uh, I have a concussion. Yeah. So what Did do you do all day? Like I flip gap. people and push their face in a stone. <laughs> Truly the most magical of vocations. Uh, you know what? I just it's soon it's going to be taken over by automations. Mm. We robots flipping yeah. people and smashing their faces into stones. Yeah. Uh, also, should well, we talk about our characters yet, or do we do that? Later? No, no, don't worry. I will have cool. uh, I'll have a little introductory thingamabob. I will cool. be doing. I want to make sure. No, totally fair. Uh, from there, No Nat, what you got going on? Say hi to the people. Uh, howdy. Uh, my name is No Nat. I primarily make Pathfinder 2E videos on YouTube, whether it be guides, skits, everything in between. Um, so yeah, that's my big plug. Is if you want to follow and watch the channel, you can find me on YouTube.com/slash/nonatones. Uh, my big plug, if you if you really want to support me, uh, is I do release unique Pathfinder 2E homebrew once or twice a month on my Patreon. And once this podcast is live, uh, I will have released the new Alchemist subclass, the Chef Research Field, which I'm Ooh. very excited for. Oh, cool. <laughs> Some very dangerous herbs. I may or may not have watched a lot of your videos in preparation for this. Uh, oh, not going to lie. Just, uh, just <laughs> I mean, so if any of the information's <laughs> wrong, it's your fault. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, 
or, or I'll be quoting you back to you. I'll be like, actually, no, Nat said, I'm that person, Alex. I am him. <laughs> I don't believe you. Uh, it's going to go on that subreddit. Don't you know who I am? <laughs> correcting the guy that made it. Uh, awesome. Thanks so much for that. No, Nat, check him out. It's honestly a great source uh, mm. going over all the stuff. Uh, you yes. just I just watched the thing where we went over the Lost Omens Ancestry Guide, which is oh, yeah, that was so fun. Huge. Oh my word. That stream went out of control, dude. Mm. Have you did you get to the part with the lizard folk? Uh, I have I've not I got I watched like the first half of it. Paizo uh, has so like on purpose made all of the lizard folk feats in that book sexual. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I, I, I was I was sending some of the photos to my group and I'm just like someone at Paizo's a scaly. Can, can uh, you right. give oh, me absolutely. a taster's choice of the most <laughs> sexual feats that you found? Oh yeah, what, uh, what, what's your level 5 ancestry feat? Oh, dangle. Bone magic. <laughs> Bone investiture. Uh, your tail, oh yeah, flexible tail, lightning tongue. Um, your flexible tail, I believe, just lets you hold items in your tail, like a potion. Mm. Classic. This one just says, like, fuck lizard. Uh, I feel like they just... Fuck lizard. They completely just dropped any vestige of, uh... Or pretense of what they were trying to hide. No facade whatsoever. Yeah. Just straight to the point. And also, like, 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 Luis Loza on Twitter is totally, like, open about it. They made every piece of art in that book so damn hot. Yeah, they did. They did. It's just, Everyone looks amazing. Yeah, we were going lizards. Just a bunch the... of sweaty lizards just lifting like <laughs> big pieces of stone. Gold kind of yeah. tops on. I, I know that you may not think a shirtless tengu is anything to look at, but you'd be wrong. It is. Ooh, are choice. Those, are those muscles? Are those muscles? Why does tengu have muscles? <laughs> why are they? Why? Why am I turned on right now? Can I muscles ripple like through this? feathers? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Absolutely, they can. Awesome. Thanks so much for, for all that. And then uh, last, certainly not least, Ryan, what you got going on? Hey, I'm Ryan Mossbarger. I'm a cast member of the Dice Populi podcast. Uh, we are going strong. We are in the middle of, uh, we just started a new arc maybe four or five episodes ago. So that's going strong. Um, but yeah, so check us out on, uh, check out our podcast or check us out on Twitter at, at Dice Populi, where I do my late night thoughts and do random stuff all the time. Me, on a personal note, I just started making YouTube video, like, shorts uh, to teach myself editing. Uh, and my my, uh, my ID on that is Run DMG. So my wife came <laughs> up with it. She's very clever. And uh, <laughs> if you want to check that out, uh, I'd, love, uh, I'd love any feedback. I'm, I'm still learning, so I'm, I'm pretty new at it. Yeah, check them out. Uh, post a lot of hateful things in the comments. Yes. Yes, I'm I, about to go register hey, on YouTube as a 14-year-old. interaction is still engagement. <laughs> Yeah, yes. The algorithm does not discriminate. <laughs> I'm a sadist, called... so just, just scream at me and I'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to Go ahead and insult me. Ah. I don't like it. Uh, it's going to be very daunting. Um, no, that's, that's awesome. As always, we post all of their information, their social media stuff, their links to their podcasts, to their YouTube channels. will be in the description for this episode. Please go check them out. Please support all of these awesome people. Uh, I have personally listened to and uh, interacted with all of their media, and I can say without a doubt it is uh, good times, uh, first and foremost. But with that, uh, do you all want to jump into this ridiculous thing that we call the Flooded King's Court? Well, more than anything. Also, this is my yes. first time playing 2E as well, so uh, if I mess up anything, uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll make no nat ones because... Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, well. I watched a video. <laughs> <laughs> 
it, it was called Ryan How to Play Pathfinder 2E. It was very specific. Uh, yeah. which I remember making that one. Extremely yeah. I think it's one of my highest viewed. <laughs> it has 1.5 million views. There's a lot of Ryans uh, in, in the world. The every Ryan. <laughs> every Ryan. Uh, fantastic. Well, we find ourselves in the largest city in Galarian, Absalom. A city recounted as not only the jewel of the continent itself, but one where you'll probably come across the greatest and most diverse peoples that exist in this very world. Now, Absalom's had its fair share of things, kerfuffles, disasters happen to it. About 20 years or so ago, a great earthquake shook the city itself. Now, for the most part, the, the city came out unscathed, all save for one district called the Puddles. The Puddles, unfortunately, fell well below the high tide line for Absalom and is flooded daily. Now, there's not much to say about the district. There are the muckrakers who take care as a volunteer patrol and try their best to keep the rather seedy location uh, away from any all-out civil war or from burning down and then flooding all over again. It's also the home to a strange little cabal of goblins called the Crooked Toes. Now, the Crooked Toes, for their credit, are not bad goblins by any means. After the Whispering Tyrant, uh, a powerful lich, pushed them to Absalom, they were led there by their king, Zuzgut, to safety. Now, Absalom is a place where all people, of, regardless of ancestry or beliefs, come together without being shunned, a very open-minded city, and they don't think too negatively or look down too harshly on the goblins. For their part, the goblins, they keep the place they live, this run-down old playhouse, in decently good shape for a place that floods every afternoon. And they actually report crimes and do their best to be good citizens in an otherwise vacant neighborhood. However, recently, another small tremor has shook the puddles, destroying a wall inside, discovering that underneath the playhouse is this very strange, almost forgotten area. Now the goblins would have explored it if it wasn't for, as they so described it, a disgusting and terrifying monster that waits for them in the depths. You all are newly minted pathfinders. After having passed the qualifications that you may need to join the society, you have been invited to the heart of Absalom, where the society meets. A small office, bustling, for your first assignment. As we enter this rather resplendent office, you notice all manner of peoples walking around, doing what they will. A half-elf sits on the other side of the desk, large rimmed glasses, short-cropped red hair, answering the questions of everyone that walks on by. First, we find ourselves looking upon a woman with something odd strapped to her back. She sits there, holding the recruitment letter in her hands, reading over the contents over and over again. Simple lines saying, your first assignment has been found. Please 
find your way to the Pathfinder Society offices. Aubrey, who are we looking at? Uh, we are looking at, uh, her name is Diana Bishop, and she is, at first glance, a human. Um, she has messy, uh, long blonde hair that quite often gets in her face, uh, but she refuses to tie it back. Uh, but on second glance, you may notice something's a little bit different about her. Skin is maybe a little bit paler than somebody should be, uh, and the fact that, uh, she has one normal blue eye and the other eye is sort of a, a bright violet. Um, you know, she doesn't really acknowledge it too much if people stare. Uh, she has this very, you know, as it's called, a gun. Uh, and it's, <laughs> I was like, I was like, gonna be mysterious about it, and I'm like, nah, it's a gun. Uh, Got that, this big uh, metal thing there with the hole. <laughs> yeah, she's a gun, uh, and is dressed in pretty simple traveling clothes. Uh, she's used to moving from city to city. Awesome. From that image, we move on to the corner of the room. Uh, rather harsh-looking halfling is paying attention to the small little invention on his lap. His mouth's wordlessly moving across words. Some seem to be curses, but very much keeping to himself. No, Nat, who are we looking at? Uh, well, we're looking at one, uh, Rudolph Hillard. He's a, he's a plain old halfling. You know, what you see is what you get. Long as work's getting done and everyone's doing their job, there ain't no problem going on here. He's always tinkering with something here and there, as he is an inventor. And, uh, at first glance, he might not look like Pathfinder material. He's just a basically plain old minor halfling, you know, spent most of his time underground, mining around, collecting ore, doing a hard day's work. But in his downtime, he's he's found the time to, to reinvent himself, as it were. And uh, he's ready for just a little bit more out of life. But uh, even when adventure comes a knock, and it, uh, it better fill out the appropriate paperwork first. <laughs> awesome. On the floor next to Rudolph sits a man solemnly in meditation. His bald head and large bushy beard are some of the more distracting things besides the fact that he is also festooned in rather religious monk-like garb. Paul, who are we looking at? Well, he did a great job describing him for me. Uh, you are looking at Dokai, and he is a human monk and yeah he's got a bald head um kind of a large bushy unkempt beard and yeah wearing typical monk garb and he's sitting on the floor meditating um next to him is a fairly new um uh, adventurer's pack as he doesn't keep a lot of personal belongings but he felt you know it might be necessary to have some supplies while going on this adventure but he's just sitting there patiently waiting this rather quiet scene is suddenly disturbed as a man comes in through the door loudly arguing with what seems to be a, a sentient plant <laughs> back and forth they're kind of chattering uh, rather quickly Ryan who are we looking at you're looking at Puaria, Montana, but you can call me Puar. 
and it, there's a very high pitch, like the plant's very high pitch. Come on, Dan, let's do this thing. Come on, where we going? Where we going? Where we going? I just want to do this thing. And then I'm, of course, responding. Come on, son. No, 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 no. Shh, shh, shh. I'm trying to, like, push him into a pocket. It's a serious time. Uh, I, and I have a very serious question. Is there, like, a, uh, would there happen to be some kind of, like, office plant here? Uh, yeah, you see various things, like some are hanging from the ceilings. There's uh, two office plants just behind the desk of the receptionist. Oh, I'll, like, shove I'll shove the little sentient familiar into my pocket and, like, walk over to the plant. Uh, all right, all right, all right. You come here often, or are you just here for a little while? Strangely enough, the plant shivers. Uh, not knowing whether the plant has the ability to do that, it still manages to. You all sit there for a while, meditating, tinkering, hitting on plants. <laughs> Eventually, the lady behind the desk goes, Pathfinders, for case 147DZX2849. And you all sit there and you kind of slump your shoulders. Oh, I'm sorry, 248. And then you all light up, realizing <laughs> that that was your case number. Uh, the four of you come to this desk, uh, standing there. She is very busy writing things quite quickly. You watch as a mage hand dances around her, taking various files to other rooms, really trying her best to do work as quickly as possible. Rudolph she, is impressed at the efficiency. <laughs> she uh, takes off her desk a little envelope, and she goes... So, you are newly minted Pathfinders. Without looking up, she kind of does the thing with her hand where you knight somebody. I, dub, I now dub you uh, uh, Pathfinders. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. Please uh, read this pamphlet. If you have any questions, uh, whatever you do, do not ask me. Uh, and she kind of takes the time and, and shuffles you away as you all receive this letter. Greetings, fellow seekers of knowledge. The society has been presented with a unique opportunity, and I think you're just the ones to help out. As you have likely heard, Absalom has recently become the home of a group of goblin refugees displaced by the Whispering Tyrant's armies. Well, they have settled in the puddles, quite content to live in some of the abandoned buildings there. We have also learned from Zira al-Shirati, a muckraker in the puddles, that the goblins have been digging around in the basement of the old playhouse that belonged to the Greater Absalom Performing Arts Guild. Well, they've claimed this building as their own. In the process, they stumbled across some manner of beastie they could not defeat, but instead managed to seal it away. With the local guards, the muckrakers unwilling to help, we have, to perf we have a perfect opportunity to step in and learn something new about the history of Absalom. Several of our m more experienced goblin pathfinders have been working hard to build inroads into this new goblin community, and has, and this has led to an offer by King Zuzgut to hear our plea. Your job is to meet Zuzgut, explain that we wish his permission to explore beneath his playhouse, and then perform an initial exploration and assessment. You'll likely not have much time for exploration, given the tides probably flood the chambers below each day, but do your best. Sincerely, Drandal Drang. P.S. I almost forgot. Yondo Klein of the Vigilant Seal is watching the mission closely. He is worried about ancient evils being released into the world by Pathfinders and what that will do to our public image. Well, I know such things can't always be avoided. It would be best if we either destroy anything dangerous, 
that you find, or uh, if you must bring it back to the lodge, oh, be very discreet. Hot, hot, kiss, kiss, Drandall drank again. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> eh, sounds simple enough. Something you find after spending some years in the mine is that these beasties are usually a lot smaller than they sound on paper. Kind of a, uh, uh folktale just made bigger. Exactly. Someone sees a shadow, they think, oh, it's massive, and then they tell their friend, it was this big. And then that friend tells a friend, it was this big, and then it just grows. Uh, excuse me, uh, the, uh, the recruiter told me I'd be doing more, uh, nature-based things. Uh, is there a nature-based, you know, with a lot of trees, you know, like tall trees, maybe even short ones? Hillard, like, slaps you on the back or as high as he can reach being a halfling and says, Ah, come on, the word beast is right in there. You don't get more nature than beasties, do you? I mean, doesn't also water count as nature? Mm, good point. Oh, Beatrice says, I feel like I forgot to say what my character... I'm a halfling dressed very shabbily with a very bu- bushy redneck mustache. Imagine <laughs> Matthew McConaughey, but short and also, like... <laughs> very country at the same time. <laughs> oh, you and Rudolph are going to get along fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the receptionist overhears this. And she's like, uh, yeah, I was explicitly ordered not to give you anything that involved trees. Uh, I don't know why that note was put in your file. But uh, this that does involve nature. Right. And uh, we believe that uh, your, 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 your powers and your, your ability to interact with, with nature and all that thing is uh, going to be well used. Okay. Just you can see just the most solemn look of disappointment in his face <laughs> as he swipes the plant off of the desk. <laughs> Save you for later. He start like he takes out his shield and starts like whispering to the shield and like putting it back to his ear, like whispering again, putting it back to his shield. Like, I don't know what's going on. This is weird. <laughs> Anybody else seeing that? <laughs> he just sort of says softly to whoever's next to me. There's one thing I've, Rudolph says this like once an hour. If there's one thing I've learned from spending years in the mine, it's not to ask questions. <laughs> yeah, Dokai was sense. taught to not pass judgment, but he's <laughs> passing judgment. Restraining. Yeah, he's he's like okay. straining. Oh, really Dan is over here completely passing judgment. Yeah, his eyes start twitching, and he's just like. Uh. <laughs> oh, sorry, my shield's a bit of a chatterbox. Sorry. <laughs> Well, uh, sounds like we got a playhouse to get to. Yes, a uh, playhouse. Yeah. Never been to one before, so this should be interesting. Ho ho. Won't it just? <laughs> so you all take the time to circuitously make your way through the various neighborhoods of Absalom. The Puddles is a strange place, if only because most of the signage and some of the buildings have fallen. So depending on the day, it changes from what it was before, with some houses due to the high tide even being pushed to the other side of the street. It's an odd, somewhat confusing region of the city. Eventually, though, you do find your way to a rather large playhouse. You assume this to be the greater Absalom playhouse. You make your way inside, and here's what you see. A new map. Boop. Now here comes some flavor texture away. Flickering torches fail to fully illuminate this large auditorium within the mostly ruined playhouse. Hints of the former beauty and majesty of this building are marred by the smell of mildew and ever-present water puddles. The northern end of the space is occupied by a raised stage, 
and the goblins move throughout the room, some gathered in small clusters, roasting food over an open fire, others sleeping in what remains of the auditorium's chairs. One of the crumbling balconies, a goblin choir rehearses, each member singing a different song, or perhaps the same song, but with different words, lyrics, and tempo. Goblin children chase each other about, their leashes dangling from their necks as they screech and shout. Occasionally, a leash catches a bit of furniture or rubble, bringing the child clattering to the ground. And all of his companions laugh uproariously. On top of the balcony, you see a single goblin on a throne. And cutting across the chaos, you hear him clearly enunciate, Aho! What's this? Another group to throw their hats into the ring, as it were. Probably the Pathfinders I was expecting. You see him toss a glance to a group of three mercenaries standing on the stage, reading a small bit of paper in front of them. Rudolph just waves. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of a wave. I'm just being like, this is surprisingly more wholesome than I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit surprised myself. As you look, the mercenaries look at first to the goblin and then back to you rather angrily. You hear them start shouting various things up at him. Now, now, I never said anything about exclusive rights, did I? <laughs> so, Pathfinders, I'm sure you've heard about our trouble with the beastie in the basement. What is your organization willing to do for my kingdom? And why should I let you go instead of these fine folks? As he gestures back over towards the mercenaries. Uh, we were hired to come and clear out this beastie you were uh, having troubles with. Yes. Yes, we were. Typically, when you hire someone for a job, they don't have to offer you something to do the job. You know, I wasn't, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't yeah, paying yeah, we, for my years almost... down in the mine. <laughs> yeah, we, we, were, we were told to come do this job, and uh, I, I don't know if, uh, you know, I'm sure there's more than enough down there to go around with multiple people, but we were hi we were hired to come in, deal with said BC, and report back to our superiors. You watch as this uh, goblin with a rather strange metal and jagged crown on his head turns to the much older goblin-esque behind him. Oh, I see they, they are not willing. You know, I wonder what it would be like for first-time Pathfinders to return back having failed a mission of exploration. The old goblin doesn't say anything, but then it goes, oh no, that's a good point, you're right, yeah, it would probably be super embarrassing. Well, I guess they don't want to compete for it, that's fine, and he starts like, moving to gesture towards the mercenaries. Uh, Rudolph will take a step forward and say, pardon my intrusion, but do these people have the proper paperwork to be undertaking this mission? Because I'll let you know all of us filled out every piece of paper handed to so us at paper. that office. That was so much. <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes they were just handing me paper to fill out. If there's one thing goblins love, it's bureaucracy. So I'm glad <laughs> that you brought that up because we are one, if not fastidious. Could I have you roll? Let's go with a society recall oh, knowledge God. check, please. Yes. 17. 17. So this seems to intrigue him uh, somewhat because you seem far more official than the, the various mercenaries that are moving around. He kind of looks at you for a moment, Rudolph, and 
bends down, whispering poorly. You see, these these folks, they want to go down there, and they were hired by one of the council members of Absalom to do it. Now, I'm not one to to poo-poo people, and you all seem like decent folks, but understand that if I don't figure this out, they may kick us out of this playhouse. I have to do what's best for my people. So, so let let me let me see what you're asking here. You're asking, you know, you need this place for you, and you need help taking care of it, but you can't pay for it. I don't know how familiar you are with uh, Absalom economy, but in order to procure goods and/or services, something must be given in turn. Doesn't matter how much you need this playhouse, and I do feel for you. I do. Let me tell you, back before I got my job in the mines, I needed a lot too. But I work for it. I earn the income to keep my house clean, keep my mouth fed, and if I ever find a, a woman to share it with, keep her fed too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you'll you'll find her all too soon. You seem a, a charming person. That's true. That's what my mother <laughs> says, at least. Yes, my uh, mother thinks it. And what kind of uh, deal have you uh, come to with the others uh, as re- regards to, say treasure or any items of interest down there because i'm sure we can strike a better one he definitely perks up at this so you're saying whatever you might find down there if it is of interest to us you'd be willing to give it to us we'll 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 look over at like everyone else and you know be like i'm sure that uh We could definitely spare m- most, if not most of the treasure. Uh, we are being paid by the Path- Pathfinder Society, after all. Are we being paid? <laughs> you are. You are being paid. So, okay. It's Wait, y'all saying. are getting paid? <laughs> y'all are getting paid? Um, um, he brightens mm-hmm. up a little at this. Mm-hmm. And he sits there and he thinks to himself. Yeah, okay. that's... That is a very appealing offer. And to be honest, I much prefer the Pathfinders, but I need to do this in such a way where it seems that you have won the victory. He sits there for a moment. He turns to the older goblinus behind him, and she doesn't say anything at all. And he goes, you're brilliant. You're as brilliant as you are beautiful. And he turns to you, and he stands from his throne, and he raises his hands high above his head. We shall have... A competition. A competition of artistry. And all the goblins like start freaking out and like clapping their hands and whistling. As you all well know, and he turns to you all, I am a famous playwright. And you're all very confused. (laughs) (laughs) Very, that is true. (laughs) And though my plays do not show throughout Absalom yet one day, the name Zazgat will be synonymous with People Dinklebard, the famous playwright that I made up right now. (laughs) Here is what we shall do. If you would be so kind as to read a most moving rendition of my self-written play, I would uh, be amenable to giving to the victors. And he turns to the Pathfinders and kind of winks. Not exactly without the notice of the mercenaries, but the mercenaries 
are kind of talking back and forth really quickly mm-hmm. um, because they did not expect to have to be in a play. Uh, <laughs> Wait, so for the mercenaries, did they seem uh, like especially intimidating or... Uh... They, they look about the same as you. Um, there are, I believe it's uh, two women and a man. They're, they have kind of standard armor on. They have, like, they're not ramshackled. They're clearly someone that was hired with coin to come down here and investigate. Uh, so they're not terrifying. They're probably of a level with, with y'all, but at okay. the same time, um, they probably aren't going to be, uh, the friendliest cause you're now you're getting in the way of their coin to do their job. Right. When they were hired by the a councilman, right? So they probably have ulterior motives to get down there too. So, yeah, I'll be honest. So. I'm not much of an actor, but now if you need a set designed, I'm your man. No, no, no. We we will not have that. Look at you. Your your gravitas. Your 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 the 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 thing that you built. The the bureaucracy. Your, I, I'm your a, I'm a talking big game, but down in the mind, you don't have to entertain. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been known here. to entertain a few uh, pieces of pine once or twice in my life. I suppose I could always try and entertain something a little more uh, in the meat section. <laughs> um. As you're having this conversation, uh, kind of pleading with him not to do this, he then turns to the mercenaries. You shall go first. You arrive first. It only seems fair. And then the mercenaries start talking really quickly back and forth. Uh, and then one of them just goes, I'm not fucking doing it. Uh, and, <laughs> and eventually... You know I stage fright. <laughs> <laughs> the, the leader, she, stand, she kind of steps forward and goes, we would be most honored to... Put on a show. And he goes, perfect, wonderful. So, I direct everybody (laughs) to this great thing called Rise of the Goblin Heroes, a true and accurate account by Zudskut, King of the Goblins in Absalom. Now, it's a little late in the play. I understand that Act 5, Scene 1 might seem strange out of context, but I assure you it's penned so beautifully, it's like you've Mm -hmm. been there the entire time. There are five roles to fill so who would like to uh sorry there's six roles to fill so who would like to to be what role some very stirring performances here i call mitzi (laughs) (laughs) of course mitzi who is a wolf and not a dog i i I don't feel comfortable playing anything with lots of words pizzazz I think uh, I'm all over pizzazz. That sounds fun. Is there is there any plant that's in uh, features in this play? Uh, no, they're all goblins. Uh, Except unless you're Mitzi, who's a wolf or Olthoon. They're human. I'll I'll, I'll take Olthoon. I I don't want to accidentally offend them by I don't know doing their culture injustice. I'll be, I'll be is Zuskat uh, playing himself, or does someone have to take that role? Uh, someone has to take that role. All right. Uh, Dokai will take that role. All right. And then uh, we'll smatter. I'll call on people randomly as we get to mm. the other characters as needed. But first, the mercenaries step up. And you watch them uh, play out this play with stilted and unmoving charm. Reading off the page little more. They get in a fight halfway through because the mercenary refuses to say wolf. He's like, I'm not your fucking dog. And like, it gets pretty heated for a moment uh, until the leader woofs for him. Eventually, it all ends and the goblins are booing. 
They're booing so badly that they're actually throwing bits of rotten food and small sticks of furniture that aren't bolted down at the mercenaries. Definitely not going over super well. With that, in bated breath, the adventurers step onto the stage. We open. Throne room. Suzcut. Sitting atop his throne. I see the great heroes have returned. But who is this with you? Speak, brave knight. If I may, can I roll a personal performance check to see how bad this goes? <laughs> Absolutely you can. 100%. Yeah, like, the oh. guy's not even right. trying to, like, imitate goblins or Zuskut at all. He's just speaking in, like, almost, like, monotone in his own standard voice. Yeah, I like that. Everyone roll a performance check, and based on how you roll, that's how badly you're going to do this. Oh, I'm actually right. shocked with my plus one. I got a 16. Oh, dang, Doe. I got an 18 plus... Uh, I got a 12. Zero. <laughs> I have a plus one, too, so... I got Do a we not have a face, man? <laughs> okay, so... So I will say, all of you except for Dokai, are, are really putting on a show. Dokai is really kind of shit in the bed here. Uh, <laughs> He's playing the most important role. Indeed he is. <laughs> so with that, we'll move on to Ulthun and, and Rudolph's moving interpretation of that character. Oh, mighty chief of the goblins, whose wit and skill are un- unsurpassed, I am called Ulthun. Is it Ulthun or Ulthun? <laughs> Watch your lord, a last wall. Alas, that land has been overrun by undead and is no more. And you hear all the goblins go, oh, like they're gasping in the audience. Uh, Grenick is next, and Grenick, of course, is being portrayed by Dakai as well. <laughs> oh, double roll. <laughs> so he, like, steps up out of the throne and, like, moves over to an empty space on the stage. <laughs> like, like, he trips on the way. Yeah. It's true. Undead everywhere. Of course, Sia Thorn being played by Poir as well as Pizzazz. But he helped them escape. The Longshanks, not the undead. Woof. <laughs> and they all like cheer happily as Mitzi Wolves. Crimsy, who is of course also played by Takai, is uh, there. So Takai shuffles, shuffles around. Uh, playing Boar. Crimsy, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just, like, kind of steps behind uh, Rudolph and, like, goes to his other side. And uh, he says, I helped collapse the tunnel behind us. It was great. And, like, the goblins are starting to, like, whisper because they're very confused uh, <laughs> by your by your blocking and your general stage presence. Even, even uh, Rudolph is whispering, like, I th- wait, why are, you, why are you moving around? I thought you were you not. <laughs> what, what part are you playing? Pizzazz huffily says, I found people who appreciate my singing. Here, let me show you. Grenick replies, who's also Dukai. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet. Chief's speaking. So at this point, Zuscut is not in the throne, right? He's playing it. Yeah, so, yeah. so Dukai is like sprinting back. Uh, <laughs> Please, uh, my lord, we beseech you and ask the help of your uh, mighty tribe. We are but mere humans and lack the cleverness and skill needed to escape the clutches of the... uh, Well, why don't they just hide in the mines? Will you aid us? (laughs) Yeah, so he goes back up to the the throne and uh, stands just uh, 
next to it. <laughs> Out of breath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's in good shape. That's, that's not that bad. That's fair. Um, of course, mm. of course. Crooked toes, my people, hearken to me. Now is the time foretold. The time when the long shanks would come before us in desperate need. <laughs> and I'm also playing Grenick too. <laughs> so you see him like jump off the stage next to the um, <laughs> the throne and go back to like position one on the stage. We need help too. We now we now know how to fight undead longshanks. Yes, Mitzi will tear them apart with wolfish fierceness. Bark. <laughs> <laughs> And I will compose a war song to lift our hearts. And then Dokai moves over to position two on the stage, portraying Crimsy. <laughs> no, no, no. We need my catapult. And then he runs back up to the stage to portray Zuscut. Back to the throne. <laughs> I think we need to hurry. No time for catapults or songs. Prepare for the journey south and into our destiny. Now, we be heroes. We, we be heroes. We be heroes. We be heroes. Rudolph is standing there uncomfortable. <laughs> you can see the broadest smile on uh, on Poir's face. Like he found, he maybe found his calling. Like he found... <laughs> and Bard Archite. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, theaters are made of wood. It's true. <laughs> guys, guys, I think I may have found my calling. Uh, did you see me up there? That was like electric. I mean, I, uh, plants all around they all knocked up to down. be. Everyone starts cheering uproariously for your amazing performance. Uh, come some goblins walk on stage holding what appear to be a bouquet of flowers, but a closer look, it's actually a bouquet made up of like bones and half-rotting limbs and uh, bits of wood they found that they've made into bouquets that they hand to all of you. Oh. And then they walk up to Dukai and they just stamp on his foot uh, each one by one as they hand out the bouquets to the other members coming off of the stage. Yeah, he he just knows that they had to get through this and he was not ready for that bullshit. <laughs> Zuzgut like, stands up, claps slowly at first. He goes, it's clear who the winner is. And who has won the contract? Who has won the day? It is the Pathfinders. And all the goblins cheer and the mercenaries kind of look at each other. And he's like, well, I wasn't going to bark. What do you want from me? Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, like, I couldn't have outdone that performance. Did you see her? She became that wolf. And I, I, I just I couldn't live up to that. And they slowly scuttle off the stage. Uh, you see, you have to really get, you have to feel the character. And that's where the work comes in, where you just... You, you feel the character and then it becomes you as they're like walking away not paying me any mind <laughs> that's why I could not get into my pace I had to play three characters <laughs> it's tough to capture their soul yeah as this happens the mercenaries leave Zuzkut jumps down from his throne and begins to walk down and eventually makes his way behind the curtain as you make your way behind stage you see many crates decades old that have swollen with the seawater that have crystals left over from the salt and have a good amount of algae that have grown around it. You notice as you walk behind that to the left of the stage a wall has given way into a downward slope. He goes, that's, that's it over there. That's what leads down 
to the monster. And as he says monster, he backs up uh, slowly behind the curtain and waves his hand around hand. The monster, the monster. The monster. Ooh. Do you know any information about it? Like what it looks like? Well, if I remember correctly, it had the face of a giraffe, the body of a dog, the tail of an eagle, the claws of a human, and of course, the neck of a snake. I'll pay you a single gold right now if you can draw me a giraffe. What's a giraffe? <laughs> well, imagine like if you a horse, but like you just took it and stretched the shit out of it. It's like that. That's very big horrifying. Fan of the Mwangi Expanse, so that's why I know all these creatures. Canonical. Still, still sounds horrifying. So it's good to tend to the Mugambi of Academy. Only familiar with dire giraffes. <laughs> yeah. Dire giraffes are the worst. They're even taller. Their necks can't even support their heads. <laughs> they just drag their heads on the ground <laughs> behind around. them. Uh, he, he keeps, as you keep asking these questions, his answer changes each time. You're not entirely sure if he was the one that even saw it. Uh, but he wants to be the center of attention. So, like, every single time you ask for clarifications, his next pass makes it sound even more terrifying. Uh, but it confuses the description uh, again and again and again. All right, <laughs> look, you can ask how much returns. silver's in the mine, but you don't know till you go in yourself. So <laughs> then Rudolph just starts walking towards the corner. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. You know what? I'm just going to start making references to the to, to to the forest and trees. You don't know how many leaves are on the tree until you count each one. I will you know, that makes a lot of sense. You don't know how many bullets are in your ammo pack until you count each one. You don't know how many people you can punch until you punch each one? Is that, is that what Dekai's going to go with? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Eventually, you follow this long slope downwards. Twisted and bloated... The wooden stairs connecting the main floor and the basement are slick and saturated with water. The walls are covered in algae and the ceiling is coated with black mold, while old furniture and props from the theater are piled up in corners in soggy, crumpled heaps. Small crustaceans and numerous insects occasionally peek from the debris or scramble into cracks or the shallow pools on the floor. The smell of rot and salt water hangs damply in the air. To the west, a section of the brick wall has crumbled into a heap. It has recently been boarded up, though the boards are barely holding together as they have not been tended to in many days, and the flooding on this level has caused them to swell and push past the nails. Uh, if I can see a small animal, I'll try speaking to it in Sylvan. Uh, excuse me, my, my little friend. Um, can I, can I speak to you for but a moment? A little crab kind of shuffles in front of you, and it stops as you're speaking to it. H have you seen anything, like using my hands to gesture, like big, like bigger than us? You know, like real big. And he, like, jumps up in the air. He's like, I want big, big, <laughs> Just kind of staring at it a moment. I, I look back at this. I'm usually better with trees uh, uh could you could you say that again then he outstretches his claws to like make oh, the gesture big, of, of big, large big it's big it's big guys scary and he starts like snapping theatrically at you scary he says scary uh, at, at this rudolph will will pull his weapon off of his uh his waist just to have it out yeah i'll, I'll pull out my gun and 
Make sure that's ready. I pull out my fists and cock them. Like Henry Cavill. Just Henry Cavill in Mission Impossible. You gotta reload your fists. <laughs> is that a free action or is that a, a, a one round action? That's a free action. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. It's important to distinguish. I want to make sure yeah. your action economy is right. <laughs> yeah. uh, I guess we should ask Nonat. Nonat, is recocking your fists? Is that a, is that a one round action? I'm pretty sure it's a three action activity. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I react by cocking my fist. Um, anything else you would like to ask this tiny crab? Uh, do, do you know where it is, my little crab friend? Wow. And you look around and, water. and there's like little puddles everywhere. Uh, which So that's a little confusing. All right, interesting. Well, he says water, so I, I, unless he's, I mean, but then again, big to a crab could be a, a small, uh, just a bigger crab, to be honest. So I, <laughs> I don't know if that's a, I don't know if we got a lot of information here. Well, you did. Crab, crab, crab. <laughs> Wait, are you saying I'm gonna? Are you saying it's another crab, or that you are a crab? And it points at itself. Crab, crab. Oh, he's a crab. Yeah, he's, he confirms that he is a crab. <laughs> So they are self-aware. Uh, sense motive. <laughs> <laughs> it it's just morphs into a lich. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. You did say I this have is the dangerous. <laughs> it is the Whispering Tyrant. Uh, uh, the the so BBEG from the now, uh, six book AP. <laughs> I, do have, I think we do have a moment. So I would like to cast Detect Magic as a cantrip. Okay, so we'll... We'll enter the exploration phase uh, okay. while you're all walking through these, so you can you can kind of tell me what you're doing, what you're up to, uh, what you're what you're hoping to accomplish. Rudolph's yeah, gonna go slightly ahead and move silently. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'm okay. also gonna attempt to move. I'm silently. gonna try and keep quiet as best I can as well. Okay. Is anyone trained expert in stealth by any chance? Nope. We uh, not expert. Okay. Yeah, because we could do the follow the expert, which would help some people who are a little less. But I think I'm just trained. Yeah, that yeah, makes level one, you level can't one be expert. Yeah, I'm like, I don't think any of us can be expert. Uh, All of you are moving stealthily. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yes. Attempting to. Perfect. So we we give you our modifiers and you roll that, right? Uh, no, you roll that. What? It's you, sort of up to the uh, GM. Yeah. Like, rules is written. The... I think GM rolls for stealth. Perfect. So let's go okay. ahead. Uh, let's do some modifiers. So I'll go down the line. Aubrey, what's your modifier? Uh, seven. All right, and we'll go. Uh, I shouldn't have said Aubrey. I should have said Diana. Uh, Rudolph, what is your modifier? Uh, six. Okay, um, let's go to Kai. Seven. All right, and last, Poir. Uh, I have a plus five to stealth. We're also sneaky. Very sneaky. So you all begin to move through the area as you slowly make your way. Eventually, you move into this rather long hallway. The strong scent of salt water hints at the daily flooding that washes through these sewers from the nearby sea, as do the occasional stranded fish or crustacean that you see in the water. The walkways alongside the sewer are slick and damp, although relatively clear of the normal waste found inside sewers. You note the large river and water that is running between the two pathways. Is there no type of like catwalk or anything to get across it? Uh, there is not. Okay. If you'd like, I can uh, I can cross on over there and uh, do a just do some reconnaissance, unless we'd rather stick together. 
I think for now we should all stay together, at least until we know what this creature is. Fair enough. I think you should think split the party. Shut up, crab. <laughs> uh, can I uh, can I cast detect magic to see if there's anything magical kind of pinging in the immediate vicinity? Yes, you can. So actually, as you're the last to leave the room, there is a sense of magic coming from just behind you in the room you just left. Oh, wait, guys, guys. Um my my I'm I'm picking up a little tingling behind us. I think maybe there's something in that room. Uh, do I can I detect exactly where it is? Yeah, you spend time and eventually you can focus in on the aura. There is a mess of props and old various furniture that are stacked up. You detect two distinct auras. One is a hat and the okay. other is a torch. Seems so like there's this hat and this torch. They seem to do something. Huh. Mind if I take a look at one of those? I don't care which. Uh, you can take a look at both if you like. All right. Um, I just wonder if I could roll Arcana to try to identify them. Absolutely, you can. Ah, 12. 12. You know that it's an ever-burning torch. Oh. You're certain of that. The hat is a little bit outside uh, your purview. Well, Anyone this torch. Has? And uh, can, I, can I just activate the torch? Yes, you can. So... Um, you probably work through a number of activation words that are pretty standard for every burning torches, especially you with your uh, knowledge of, of the antiquities and like working oh. things. You get it on your second try, sir. I have a <clears throat> minus one arcana, but I rolled a natural 19 from 18. <laughs> and uh, Dakai kind of pushes Rudolph while he's turning on the torch out of the way. And he just goes, oh, a hat of disguise that he holds in his hands. He puts it on his bald head. <laughs> and you become a Tengu. Oh, no. Or a, or a muscles. <laughs> Small, so Big muscles. Sexy. <laughs> a sexy Tengu. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Dokai finds it and uh, kind of passes it to whoever might want it. Well, I'll say being a halfling and not having the best eyes when it comes to the dark, I think I'll keep this torch. That's yeah, I'm a, I, got, I suffer from night blindness as well. Um, <laughs> okay. Stick can I, can me, I take that hat? Do you, mind if I, do you mind if I grab that hat? Don't mind at all. Yes, gonna, go right ahead. I'm going to put it on my head, and I'm going to try and make myself into the fanciest looking individual, like a, a movie star type individual or an actor, as best I can, as, as I would know. <laughs> all right, so now we have Rudolph, Diana, Dakai, and George Clooney. All as part of this adventuring party. Can Guys, I, I feel him? weird. I feel weird. <laughs> How do I look? This You look like a real short, fancy man. Very fancy. That's the nicest thing a living person's ever said to me. Who are you talking Damn. to that's not living? That's a great question. I was, I was thinking about your plants, but they're living too. Who are you talking to, it? buddy? Well, I, gu well, I guess that's so true. Uh, maybe, uh, I guess living is, is, is a complex word. I mean, like, you know, flesh and flesh thing that anybody said to me. I'll and you hear, like, a muffled, like, kind of spurt of words from one of his pockets as he, like, clamps it down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's um, get a move on. Yeah. So if we're in exploration mode and we're being, like, stealthy, can we mm -hmm. also perceive... You have to pick one or the one other. Or the you're other? you're, okay, you're basically thought. spending all your time concentrating on that one goal. I'm not being. Now just staring at your feet. Now that I'm holding a torch and stealth is probably not going to work, I'll start scouting. So I'll go slightly ahead. Okay. Yeah. 
I'm just gonna continue to be stealthy because I am a sniper. Y'all, y'all hang back. I'll, I'll step on forward. If anyone's gonna see something, they'll see me cloaked in light. Then you guys can jump them. All right. I'll give you. Maybe I'll give you a heads this up. In the mine. We will. We will remember you fondly, Rudolph. Hey, everyone does. As. <laughs> How many times have you died? Uh... <laughs> he just ghosts all of his friends all the time. <laughs> I'm actually a dusk walker. I'm uh... not. But that'd be great. As Rudolph steps into the large cistern, Rudolph, roll me a perception check. Please. Oh, good. That's one of my worst skills. Rudolph's not wise. Oh, but that's a 19. All right, cool. And though the giant crocodile has a plus 12 to stealth, the GM rolling a natural 2 really hampers his ability (laughs) to attack you as a giant crocodile appears from the deep. Work you. Where? That's a good question. There it is. Oh. Ah, ah, As it appears. This is the signal! (laughs) (laughs) And we shall roll for initiative. Um, So if we have some first timers here, in case uh, you guys aren't aware, the three of them have the option to roll stealth instead of perception for their initiative. Which I will do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Way better. I get to roll perception because I'm terrified. I'll do perception because it's it's a little bit better. Should I roll that or? Hmm. Uh, Yeah, you roll that. You roll your uh, initiative. How do you set your own initiative? I add my perception to that. So that's an 18 plus 7, 25. Good God. He has a plus 13 to stealth in water, uh, Mm. and I rolled a natural 19. (laughs) But I rolled a natural 2, which is why uh, Rudolph saw me. Well, if Rudolph saw him, can he still use his stealth for initiative, or does he have to use his perception? I'm going to oh. say yes. Okay. <laughs> or I can be told otherwise. No, no, I mean, you already rolled it. It's fine. It's not a big deal. Again, GM has final say on anything. Yeah. You know, I, I'll, I, I'll rolled perce- I, rolled, I rolled perception before I remembered I could use okay, stealth. There. That's fine. Oh, I there's only 28 it. now. I mean, I guess it doesn't <laughs> matter because you rolled a natural 19. No, but. that's fair, but I always like to take into consideration my player's thoughts and feelings, so I adjusted it. Now it's a 28. And I'll go first, but slightly slower. That's fine. That's well, fine. my thoughts and feelings are that this this giant alligator or crocodile could be friendly, and that maybe he's just here because he's a fan of hearts. Um, <laughs> sure. You know what? That's a great point. You as know, as you this thought to him? <laughs> zooms through the now very handsome Poir's mind, the crocodile stands up and attacks Takai. <laughs> trying well, to weren't they him. hidden? Oh, no. Say again? Weren't they hidden from stealth? Yeah. Were we hidden? Oh, wait. Dakai, were, were you hidden? Uh, I was using stealth, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, same. Cool. I think the rest was using stealth. Well, let's all remember Rudolph fondly. Yeah, this... bring it on. <laughs> bring it on. I'm ready. <laughs> uh, that is going to be a 20 to hit. All right, that's a hit. <laughs> so, first... Seven points of damage, and he grabs you. Of course. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> then he does this thing it's called, called death, death roll. roll. <laughs> oh, I forgot about death rolls. <laughs> Where the crocodile tucks its legs and, and rolls rapidly, twisting its victim. Uh, it makes another jaw strike with a plus two circumstance bonus to the attack roll. So he's still... So It's at minus three no, total. No, correct me if I'm wrong. So it's going to be three minus three total. Thank yep. you. Perfect. Uh, which may 
help you. Let's see here. Uh, 14 total. That misses! Woo! <laughs> Somehow! Uh, and and he's going to try and death roll again. Uh, uh, no, that's that's three actions. The grab action is not automatic. It spends a oh, second action right. after the attack to auto-grab. Cool. Thank you. I was trying to look that up. Awesome. So that is his full round. Uh, the crocodile grabs you, tries to te- bites you, tries a death roll. It is now Poir's turn. It's my turn. Oh, uh, excuse me, uh, Mr. Uh, Al- is it alligator or crocodile? I would it's know. a crocodile. I mean, you look, <laughs> you see that it's, uh, its upper maxillary teeth uh, hang past its lower mandible, which is very indicative of a crocodile instead of that of, uh, of an alligator. In Sylvan, I'll say, Mr. Crocodile, uh, excuse me, excuse me. By chance, could you drop my friend and we could talk about this, uh, um, you know, civilly? <laughs> Meanwhile, Rudolph's just getting shaken around. If there's no response, I will try and shoot it with, uh, in, uh, with some magic. I just remembered I also speak Sylvan, so I have an understanding of everything Poir has been saying. <laughs> Uh, Does it seem to respond he, at all? You just, he, he, like, he doesn't, you just kind of feel this, like, hunger, this need for food. Uh, like, he's been trapped down here, uh, and so that's all you feel kind of radiating from, oh, is okay. this sense of, like, overwhelming hunger. All right, well, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to shoot you in the face now. Uh, pew, and I'll use Ray of Frost, which is two actions. Uh, and it's a 12 plus a 7, so 19. Hit. And that's a D4 plus 4. I've just now realized that the grabbed condition counters my entire character. <laughs> like, everything I do is either manipulate or move actions, and it stops both. <laughs> so that is, that's 7 points. 7 points of damage. 7 points of cold damage, if that makes a difference. He is ectothermic, though he is uh, not vulnerable to cold. But he's still like, ah, oh, that bothers me more than it would an endothermic animal, probably. <laughs> he says it in Sylvan. Uh, and We're starting a dialogue. <laughs> it's important. Uh, I believe you still have one action left. Um, I guess. Uh, is there a way to like bank it or just not use it? Do I have to use it? Uh, you, use I, it. you use yeah, it I'll or just, you lose it. I'll, I'll lose it because uh, there's no point in moving any closer at this point, so. Do you have something like right. a shield cantrip? I guess I'll, oh yeah, I'll raise up my shield just in there case. Um, Alright, raising your shield, bolstering your AC. Dakai, it is now your turn. Dakai widens his feet and for his first action he enters Tiger Stance and then he takes a tiger claw swipe at it. Out of the box. That is a 21 hit. That is a hit. Seven points of damage. Seven points of damage. And then for his second attack, uh, he's going to do the same thing. Tiger claw. Uh, natural 19, da, 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 23 to hit. 23 to hit, hit. And eight points of damage. Eight points of damage. So you step up and you start doing some nasty damage. Maybe you're hitting the area at the Ray of Frost struck, making it a little more brittle because a lot of that goes through and causes immense pain to the crocodile. Rudolph, you are in the gaping maw of this big old crocodile. 
All right, first thing I'm going to try to do is uh, wriggle my arm out from its mouth by making an escape action. Um, I need to beat its athletics DC, which is just 10 plus its bonus. All right. And we roll and... Uh, that's a 15. DC 18. Uh, all right. <laughs> With no hope of getting out, just goes, all right, and he raises his... His his sling, which for those of you who don't know, is his uh, swift, long impact nitro gadget, uh, swirls it in the air and doesn't throw anything with it. He attempts to slam it down on the ground and detonate it. Oh my, oh my god. god. <laughs> now I need to manipulate, which I need to roll a five or higher, otherwise the grab just gets rid of it completely and my turn is over. Oh no. That's a seven. Okay. All right. Cool. <laughs> that is close for a flat check. Jeez. Um, okay, and then I'm going to need a basic reflex save from the croc. 22. Oh, that's... He is uh, Jesus. super reflexive. He's a reflexy boy. So he takes half of this damage as my slingo boom. Uh, okay, he still takes four points of damage from the explosion. Four points of damage, so first he gets... Hit with this crocodile who just wanted a free meal. Gets hit with magical frost, then punched a bunch, and then something explodes right in his face. Uh, I can't imagine what's going to happen this round. <laughs> confuse the proc, the croc any further. Diana, it is your turn. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, I will attempt not to shoot uh, shoot Dokai uh, and use my uh, pull up my gun. Uh, and I've got the, uh, the one shot, one kill. The first shot is deadliest. Interact to draw a firearm or crossbow. On your, on the, your first turn of the encounter, the first strike you make with the weapon deals an additional precision damage. So I will roll to shoot. Uh, that is a 16. 16 misses. Ah. So a gun goes off right by Dakai's head. Ah, <laughs> it hurts. Sorry. It's so loud. <laughs> it just reverberates inside yeah, just of here. Echoes through the whole chamber. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, uh, take the deafened condition, please. Ah. Uh, um, so, back to the top of the order is the crocodile's oh. turn. Do I have to do anything to maintain the grab? Uh, because you failed your escape. By the end oh, of I'm sorry. his turn, he needs to grab again to maintain. I'm sorry. Actually, Bree still has actions. I yeah, I was like, I was like, I have a couple actions. Left. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> no, sorry. No, you're you're action. Standard and like move. Yeah. So mm-hmm. by all means, keep going. Uh, keep shooting. I am because uh, I can squeeze past like Dokai, right? Yes. Um, Moving through I'll allies see. is no yeah. penalty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I am going to let's see. 10, 15. I'm going to move over here, uh, and for my last action as I am going to take cover. All right. Huddling down away from the crocodile. Yep. It is now the crocodile's turn. <laughs> so so I don't have to maintain the grab because you failed your escape. I can just death roll, right? Uh, yes. The grab is automatically released at the end of this turn unless he regrabs. So, gotcha. Yes. So... 27. That's a critical hit. Grab. So That's I mean, a hit. critical hit. Yeah. Critical hit. Mm-hmm. All right. So. Uh-oh. It's nice to know you're off. I expected it to go better. <laughs> All right. Damage isn't super bad. Not super great. It's going to be 11 points of damage. I'm down. 
Rudolph goes limp in the jaws of the beast. Oh no! Uh, the alligator lets go. Is is dropping you a free action? Uh, yes. Yeah. Or, Releasing okay. the grab is free. And then he's going to move and attack Dakai. Minus five. Probably still hits twenty-three. Yeah. Good God. And then he's going to uh, <clears throat> going to attack you, and then he's going to grab you for his last action, and he does twelve points of damage as his teeth sink in. Jesus. Poir. It is your turn. You hear uh, the distinctive sound of a fellow halfling going unconscious and dying. Right. Condition one. So. Oh, and that also moves my Wait. initiative. To so I do have healing. Uh, am I the only one with healing? Or is there other people with healing? I, I have shoot gun. <laughs> <laughs> I have a sling. Uh, uh, I'll move up then. I'll move up a little bit so I can like peek around the corner. And I will cast heal. I think if I use it. With two actions? Two actions, yeah. 30 feet. Mm -hmm. So I will use that. I'll go ahead and use heal. And then I think you just get a straight um, uh, eight one one d 8 plus 8. Healing is insane in 2e. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That makes me feel a little better about the damage this thing's dealing out. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, 2e is very swingy <laughs> with its damage. All right, yeah, you, you get that. Uh, do, you, do you want me to roll, or do you want to roll for your own health, or how do you want to do I've, that? I've always played healer rolls, because that's the other thing. <laughs> Oh, cool. So you got seven plus eight. Ooh, uh, I'm full! Holy. <laughs> and I'm back. <laughs> I'm back in the waking world! Well, the alligator. You live! So the alligator drops the guy. It drops the guy. <laughs> that, is, that was my one prepared heal spell for this. <laughs> well, you used it good. Right. Let's go take a long one. rest back at the playhouse <laughs> and come back down here. Tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, there's 12 more crocodiles. Uh, <laughs> that is the one shot. <laughs> that is the yeah. I'm sorry, it's not called Flooded King's Court. It's called uh, crocodiles, crocodiles, crocodiles. Uh, it's called Oops really All Crocodiles. Uh, yeah, I, I think all that's crocodiles. Everything. Oh all crocodiles. Yeah, I moved and then I used it as two actions. So that's all three actions that I have. All right, uh, Dakai, it is now your turn. You are in the mouth of the crocodile. Okay. Well. While being grappled, you can still attack, right? Yes. You're just flat-footed yeah. okay. and immobilized. Uh, oh, flat-footed for terms of AC? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm just going to keep slashing with the, the tiger claw. Slash. Slash. Monks are so cool. Um, and he's also going to do <laughs> flurry of blows as well for oh, his we first go. action. Yeah, flurry of so, blows. Oh, man. I think Pop out. cracked. Yeah, doesn't help. <laughs> um, so no, I, I do bring this up just in case people aren't aware, because uh, people argue this forever. Uh, flurry of Blows does still use the multiple attack penalty. So if the second attack of your Flurry will be at a penalty, even if the first one was not. So the first one, no penalty. So you roll 1d20, no penalty. The second one, minus 4, because your fists are agile. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, either way, they both missed. Oh. Um, <laughs> I got. He's just shaking the shit out of you. You're yeah, a good time. I got an eleven on both, so I rolled an eight and a four, which is fantastic. Um, second attack. Fun. I'm just gonna keep clawing at him. This is so the story of how we all at, died like, to a crocodile. Right. Uh. Yeah, that's a seven to hit. I guess for the last action, I can try to escape, right? Uh, yeah. And so keep in mind, the escape action is also an attack action, so you're taking minus 10 on the roll. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Um, 
Grappling is brutal in 2e. Oh, I yeah. love it. Grappling in any system, except for like 5e. Except for 5e. I always forget that Pathfinder has like the most brutal grapple mm-hmm. rules. Well, is, uh, I guess in that case, I might as well just attack. So I'm just going to do it. Here comes the boom. Uh, nope. That is, uh... yeah, like a six. <laughs> okay. And it hits. His, his <laughs> oh, AC I got him. is 18 or just a six. Yeah. Uh, it's a, his, yeah, his AC is eight to <laughs> Yeah, it's a range. 16. Uh, keep you on your feet. All right, Rudolph, uh, you watch. You're <gasps> prone on the ground, but you're awake. Uh, That's got to so be pretty nice. Diana actually goes before me. When you drop to zero hit oh. points, your initiative moves to before the thing that downed you. Cool. So, Diana, it is your turn. Cool. Uh, I am going to spend my first action to reload uh, my gun. And because I, I have the firearm ace class feats, uh, I get a. If I hit, I get a plus two circumstance bonus to the damage. And it steps it up by one level. So I think it's a d8 instead of a d6. Uh oh. <laughs> 25. Ooh, that's a hit. Nice. Uh, and yeah. So that it's going to be ten damage. Ten damage. Yep. How do you kill Let's this see. crocodile? Oh. Just shoot it right through the eye. Boom. And it goes limp, slipping into the water, releasing the Dakai, kind of floating in the gentle stream of human waste that is in the cistern. Quick, uh, we gotta hop across it like Frogger. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I wouldn't really classify this as giraffe looking, but perhaps this would. We did it, guys. All right. What'd we do? We beat it. I think. I think this is it. We, we just. We just. We just completed our first adventure. So, you also were, were told to look for artifacts underneath the playhouse. Can we? Can we see that I, weird tunnel-looking thing across the way? Uh, yes, you can. So that's about <laughs> as far as you can see because it comes. So. Mm-hmm. About up to here is about as far as you can see unless you get a little closer to it. Uh, Am I still so woozy from a... near death or is that an opening? <laughs> I have a quick question for yes. the DM. So yes. I have the focus spell Goodberry. Is okay. it assumed that I have like fresh berries on my person for this or am so, I out of luck if I don't have berries on me? Uh, so the way that I usually play this um, is first I'll ask you the question: Does your character normal normally just keep ba- berries on hand? Oh, for sure. Okay, if that's the case, that's fine. If not, the other thing that I do is I do a luck roll where you roll a d20, one to ten. You don't have it. Eleven to twenty, you do. Um, but you're going on an adventure, much like Dakai having his adventurers pack. I assume you would have probably taken a couple berries. So what I'll do: roll me. I'll be generous. Roll me a d12. I'll give you d12 plus one good berries on your person. That's 11 plus 1, so 12 Ooh, berries. There you go. So there, I figured it would help you all out, especially because you don't really have a healer. So that, that should help. That should be so, so I have 12 good berries or just 12 berries to you make have 12 into good berries? 12 berries to make okay, good, good berries, good. yeah. And this is nice. a focus spell. You just can kind of do it every 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, Which, if we want to take oh. 10 minutes, i got to repair my sling. <laughs> Still charred from the explosion. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna like push. I'm gonna like kind of like do like a weird thing with my pocket, right? Like take my hand off a little bit and like reach in there and like yank off a berry. Uh, does anybody need a little healing? Or <laughs> shockingly, I'm, I'm right. okay. Uh, I, I took a pretty nasty bite. All right, I'm gonna give it like a little kiss, and I'm gonna be like, here. 
Dokai's head. He's kiss him on the top of the head. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was the good berry. Uh, but <laughs> no, <I don't> <laughs> you just bend down. And he gives you a nice kiss on the top of your head. It's very sweet. So, I, so that makes it is a one d six plus four hit points for each good berry. Oh damn! Okay, and it lasts for ten minutes if you don't want to use it right now. Now he's gonna um, chomp on that right now. <laughs> Take that bad and, away. So you regain focus points after ten minutes. Yes, yep. but you have to spend okay. 10 minutes so, focusing, not really doing much else. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and we're it, about to take 10 minutes. It's short rest. Okay. Yeah. It is, yeah, it's two E's short rest. Uh, mm. I would say correction, cool. because <laughs> a lot of classes have that, like, 10-minute short rest thing, but some of them don't, right? It's if you have yeah. focus spells, basically. Yeah, like, um, or, like... So, like, paladins have land hands. Yeah, or, like, the power. inventor, whenever yeah. I use an unstable action, I need to spend 10 minutes fixing it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Whenever he explodes his shit, he's like, I need 10 minutes to put it back together. Yeah. Just give, me 10 minutes. give me 10 minutes, guys. 10 minutes. Just in the minutes. mines, they always gave me 10 minutes. <laughs> back in Don't the mines. Like we got two lunch breaks. First and second okay. lunch. So you are uh, a do you want to roll the D6 since you're the healer? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sleeping on the job here. Ooh, it's just one. So five hit points total. Okay. My bad. Um... I also have a potion of minor healing, so I'm just going to drink that. Click, click, click. And do you gain all of your focus points after a short rest? Only or one. Or just one? Okay. Just, yep. so, just there just there are feats you can take at later, later levels that let you get more back. All right, cool. I'm very pumped to be playing Pathfinder 2. I've been wanting to play it for a while. It's so good. This and Starfinder on my like dream list of playing. I want to play. I still need to play. I still need to play Starfinder. Yeah, I'd love to actually play in uh, like because I run a two E campaign. I'd actually love to play in like a long running two E campaign on like a player side just to get that experience. I I have been for the last uh, last three months. We finished up the campaign I was GMing, and so the GM switched, and it's been a blast. Nice. I'm just like. Jokes on you, this is actually just time. Age of Ashes. I pretended it was a one-shot, but it's, yeah. it's yes! a six-foot <laughs> I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> I'm already in four campaigns. Remember that? Like, now you're fine. Okay with it. Remember <laughs> like that contract you signed? Okay. <laughs> you didn't send me a contract. Sorry, remember the contract I forged your name on? Uh, <laughs> all right, you legal. spend ten minutes. <laughs> it's legal. Uh, Colorado has really weird laws about forged signatures. Regardless of mm-hmm. even if I admit to it, it's still legally binding. I mean, I just got you really drunk and used your hand, so <laughs> like it works <laughs> through the loopholes of Colorado State. It's so. how my dog signs stuff, so it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, after after finishing repairing, Rudolph walks up to Dokai, holds out the torch, and says, "You go first. <laughs> <laughs> I was. It's funny because I was like. I'll, I'll probably attack Dokai first. He's probably a little bit beefier <laughs> than, than the halfling inventor. And then you're like, and everyone's like, you can't attack him. He's undercover. And I'm, like, I'm, oh, I'm right. such an honest player to a fault. <laughs> well, well, how do they usually that handle crocodiles in the mines? There are no crocodiles in the mines. <laughs> are you oh. sure? Are you 100% sure they're really good at handling it? Let me tell you, from my years <laughs> in the mine, you know how many crocodiles I've encountered? None. Like, as you were about to say none, he says, like, damn. (laughs) (laughs) They they do have high stealth. So so higher or lower than than 10? Probably higher, right? (laughs) They're higher than 10, for sure. Higher than 10. I mean, we've been in a sewer for five minutes. We've already met one. This is like a mine, right? (laughs) This ain't no mine. This is hell. (laughs) Now, why are we comparing everything to the mine? Because it's all I know. (laughs) 
and that's the the entire impetus of this is to uh, come to terms with that. You need to be more than just your job, Rudolph. You're you're a person, or at least a humanoid with a subtype of halfling. It's all important. So uh, is it? Is there seem to be like an obvious way across uh, some of these, like uh, the sewer? Does it, it look like the water is deep, or is it something? Yeah, go ahead and roll across? me per roll me a perception check, please. All right, that's plus seven. Uh, 15 plus 7, so 22. 22. You look in. The water is about 2 to 3 feet deep, so not not very deep uh, for, say, like Dakai or Diana. It's for, for you and Rudolph, it'd be a lot more of a struggle, you think, but you could probably so get across. It's face height for the sewage. Good, good, good. Good to know. <laughs> getting sewage in your eyes. I think we could probably jump it. You can try to toss him over. Don't tell toss me. <laughs> uh... Yeah, you, y'all are welcome to, to jump. Where, Ooh, where, yeah. Which direction you want to go? I say we hug the right. Yeah, I'd say we probably want to head somewhere over to that cave, because if I were a strange monster, I'd probably hide in a cave. That's yeah, true. we don't know how many other crocodiles or alligators <laughs> are swimming around these waters. I'll I'll come and like try and look inside the cave, and I'll also cast uh, Detect Magic again to see if anything like pings up that could be interesting. I don't know if it'd be like a magical monster or something. That's all fair and good. So let me go ahead and reveal a little more what's going on in here. And even through there, as you look in, uh, the sides of this chamber are rough and uneven, dropping sharply to a large pool of water that fills the entire room. To the north and south, the masonry of the sewer walls has crumbled away. As you extend your aura of detect magic, you're not really coming across anything. Okay. Uh... I'm gonna I'm gonna regret this, but if y'all want to be safe, I could I could maybe get some eyes inside the cavern real quick. I vote yes. It's your turn. <laughs> All right, just, uh, just you know I don't I don't usually do this, but it was my my weekend in the joint custody agreement, and uh, I'm gonna pull out a little leshy familiar. Step <laughs> out. <laughs> What are we doing? Danny, 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 what are we doing? What are we doing, Danny? Don't look at it. What are we doing? And it like starts to like fly around a little bit, zip, zap, zap around. All right, all right, all right. Junior, Junior, you remember what we talked about, right? It's work times. Um, you remember that thing we've been practicing? And I'm going to use uh, the familiar ability where I get to share senses. Oh, cool. Um, I get to do that once every 10 minutes, and I think it lasts for about a minute. And he's got a fly speed of 25. Uh, I don't have a little thing for him, but I will, he will, I guess, take control of him and he will kind of like shoot into that cavern, kind of looking around. Sounds good. So as uh, your little boy moves into the cavern, it's mostly disturbed water. You do see the odd like femur, um, smaller carcasses. Clearly this was at least in part the den for Mm -hmm. the crocodile. It's much slower moving water in here. If anything, it's water that's come from the ceiling. As when you look from the masonry, uh, the water line actually doesn't dip below into the sewage. So the water's much cleaner in here. As your little Leshy's flying around, can you roll me a perception check, please? All right, he gets... Would it be mine or the Leshy's? Uh, You're using his... He's using your senses, so... Be okay, so it has to be plus five. So that is a 12 plus five, 17. 17. As he's flying around, he notes a small box encrusted in barnacles that sits at the bottom of the larger pool in the middle. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, so there's a, there's a box with some barnacles on it. Uh, uh, and it seems natural that the water's cleaner in here. 
Well, can you get the box? I mean, I, my my son can't swim. He's, he can only fly and walk. Anyone like, else is slightly worried that he keeps calling this time? <laughs> like I said, <laughs> it, it, I got joint custody. This was my weekend. I know it's a work weekend, but you know he can't help it sometimes. And like I said, don't ask questions. In the oh, don't, don't ask questions you don't want to know the answer to. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think at this, uh, Dokai will try to like at least maybe not jump all the way across to the other side, but like you know, main, yeah. minimize the amount of time he spends in the muck. So he's gonna like yeah, jump. I'm gonna try to climb. take like a running leap across the uh, the thing. A long jump yeah. isn't actually that hard. Uh, it's an athletic to DC mm. of the distance, so to jump 15 feet is just a DC 15. And what happens if you right. fail that? You just uh, you go as far as you roll. Luck. So if you roll a twelve, it rounds down to ten. Yeah. Okay. okay. I guess I will That's, try I'm to do, that, do that. that. Same as a uh, one e, except I think in one e, if you didn't have a running start, it made it harder. I guess. Yeah. It's like you exactly need... fifteen. Is it acrobatics or athletics? Athletics. Athletics. Yeah. yeah right. I did. I athletics. Plus zero to that. You do technically need a running roll... start in two e as well. The one you're not. I, I rolled a sixteen. Sixteen. So I think yeah. I made it. I, I I barely made it with fifteen. So nice. Uh, Rudolph is kind of like looking in the water, like making sure there's no crocodiles and hasn't jumped across yet. And you all just hear BANG! <laughs> and <laughs> coming across the water at you, flying past you, you just hear <laughs> as I use my explosive leap feet to just fly across. Your poor machine, it just keeps exploding. Yeah, no, it's unstable again and I can't use anything else, but that's fine. He's not risking how, getting how, in the water. <laughs> how far can you jump with the uh, Up to 30 leap? feet. That's Jeez, amazing. It's so good. Oh, that's super cool. I'll uh, I'll go ahead and call my my son back to me. Uh, and I'll I'll re I'll regain Well, I guess I already regained my senses, but I'll I'll call him back to me and then force him back into my pocket again. <laughs> I like the idea that you jumped completely blind. Someone's like, "Let's jump across." And you're like, "Okay." And like you just jumped and happened to make it. <laughs> uh, and um, now I guess I'll enter in. You enter in slowly as you wade in. Eventually, the pool kind of gets up to your waist. It stays there until you see the dark, the darker, deeper water in the middle. I will say that the crab did say it was in the water. So, good luck, everybody. Wait, are you saying there might be another croc in here? I mean, I'm not not saying that. You know, what? I'll a, keep a watch. Yeah, I'll, I'll stand out here. It's something I learned in the mine. I was the overseer for a few months. Did you, did you get fired? <laughs> you don't need to know that. <laughs> Personal information. And yeah, Rudolph will stay back and just watch from the, the sewers. I'm going to give someone else the torch just because I'll, I'll if I'm going to be torch. stealthing forward, I think producing light is probably bad for that. So I'll take the torch because I can't see without uh, without the torch. I don't think any... Do any of you have dark vision? <laughs> no. no. No, I got low light. Halflings have low keen light, yeah. eyes, which is not even low light. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's completely dark down here. Oh. Uh, so yeah. right now Rudolph is in abject darkness. Uh, but okay, I'm on dry uh, ground, dryish, and he's taking comfort in that. <laughs> he'll he'll actually take a torch out of his adventurous pack and just light that. Cool. Sounds so good. is the chest here? Yeah, it's in the middle of that. How deep does it look? Uh, you look into it, it looks maybe about ten feet. Not not super deep. I'll, I'll and the water is very the... clear, uh, so you I'll... actually look and you can just see the chest. If it wasn't for the clarity of the water, you probably wouldn't have seen it because it's only about like four inches by four inches by four inches. It's it's quite small. Okay, 
Can somebody hold the torch? I'll go grab it. Sure, I'll hold the torch. I will then dive down and then try to get my hands on this barnacle-encrusted uh, little chest. The water is quite still. Uh, even if you take some time to do it, you, you eventually get to it without any kind of uh, problem. You get to the top. You're holding this little... It seems to be a lockbox. It's definitely a little heavier than you thought it was. Maybe you thought it would be wood uh, with some uh, iron wrapped around it, but it's all iron, and all these little barnacles are growing across the surface of it. All right, is it heavy enough or light enough that I could kind of like wrestle it back to where we were, or would I have yeah, to open you could, it you could, you, No, you all could right. definitely get it back up. It would just take maybe a little more effort than you were expecting. All right, yeah. And then the barnacles, are they still alive? Uh, they are. Okay, good, 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 good. Um, when I get back to the surface, I'm going to ask the barnacles, uh, excuse me, uh, do y'all happen to know um, if there's a monster around? Listen, pal, all I know is that I have the largest penis for any animal in the world, and that is fantastic for me. That's, that's a true fact, by the way. You're all welcome for knowing that. I, I, I'm, I'm happy to learn something today, but I'm also interested in maybe, do you happen to know what's inside of this box you're on? Well, for some reason, this is how I talk, uh, and I'm going to be very knowledgeable. Uh, there's a big-ass crocodile that's around. Uh, he... He's probably uh, come and come back at some point in time. That's 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 the only person that lives down here. I don't really like him. He tends to sleep on top of us. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's a real bastard. Uh, really doesn't care about the barnacles. So there's just the one crocodile then? Uh, as far as I know. Or, or he has an identical twin brother that we never see them both at the same time. Stop with the conspiracy theories, Jake. Hey, listen. I'm just saying it is a possibility we live at the bottom of a large lake. Now, I, I, this is just a, a convenience question. Uh, if I open this box, it will not harm you guys in any way, correct? Uh, no, no, except Ted, but no one likes Ted. Sorry, Ted, and I'm going to try and open up the box. <laughs> just goes, oh my god, no! <laughs> just cracks in half. <laughs> uh, but otherwise, the box opens. Um, <laughs> as you look in, you see a small slip of paper. It's pretty sodden um and the ink has run but you can make out the words for the Olnadar family matter and inside is a jade cat as well as five gold pieces hey five gold and a little little jade kitty cat does anybody want it um i think we should maybe give it to the goblins we can keep uh, the gold, but give the give some of the treasure to the goblins. They can, can I keep their theater? Can I do detect magic to see if there's uh, any magic coming from this kitty cat statue? There's uh, no magic coming out the kitty cat okay. statue. I'll I'll take the gold and I'll take the little kitty cat statue and I'll toss the box back in the water. Well, actually, I'll ask him. So, do you guys want to come along, or do you want to go back in the water? Uh, well, I don't, I don't know. Well, we'll take we'll take a litigious vote if you could give us uh, some time to communicate uh we'll we'll do a straw poll silently and we'll get back to you uh, do you uh, well, how long do you estimate that to take uh standard barnacle senate hearings take upwards of 12 to 18 hours so all right i'm just uh, gonna i'm just gonna take this and I'm just, gonna <laughs> just i'm just gonna slide this into the water and i'll, I'll get back to you guys later <laughs> as i sink back down to the bottom does anybody want to hold on to the uh, to the gold and the and the kitty cat statue, or should I just pocket it? Uh, you, 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 yeah. All right, I'll keep it for I'll, I'll keep it yeah, for safe you for can, safety. You can hold on to it for now, I guess. 
I hear you voices. You guys still okay in there? Oh no, oh, there's no. a yeah, there's it, another crocodile. Yeah, there was another crocodile, but this one was really nice and he gave us money. Yeah. <laughs> gave all of us money I'm except so, you. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, it even gave me a little uh, kitty cat statue. Yeah. <laughs> the other one tried to eat me. Yeah. You evidently, for that one. Yeah, I was talking to this one in here, and it said that you insulted its mother somehow, and it was very so upset. So I, I need Diana, and I need uh, Poir to roll me bluff checks, and I need uh, Rudolph to roll me a sense motive, please. Is this deception? Uh, yeah, yeah, deception for bluff deception. and perception for sense A whopping motive. plus zero. I got a plus one to my deception. Natural one! <laughs> I got a two! Eight! <laughs> I got an eight, uh, so that's plus one, so it's a nine. Rudolph backs up a little, and he's like, not another one, not another one. Starts, uh, and, he starts uh, tinkering to repair his, his sling and to jump back across. <laughs> and you, you wholeheartedly believe uh, that there is a friendly... And very giving crocodile, just a little bit deeper inside that cave. I ain't going in there. I don't care how friendly he is. I even hate to say it's a crocodile, just a very muscular lizard man. Just he says something about dangles. Oh my god! Uh, he just wants to use his Latin tongue. It's so yeah. weird. He just keeps on saying, "Yeah, just he said how good his Latin tongue is. It's unbelievable." Yeah, I'm, ne I'm never a big fan of PvP, but I'm, I'm okay with what's happening right now. Uh, <laughs> so what do you all want to do as you lie to your new friend? Uh, where do you want to go next? Is there, is, is there only one way in and out of this little mm -hmm. cavern? Uh, no, so it goes, uh, it goes far deeper. So now that you're in there, my apologies, I will reveal. 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 Okay. It comes yeah. up farther north into another cistern. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like it went right or something like that. Okay, so it goes up, uh, it goes up further. Yeah, where you are, it's a, besides the entrance to the south and the north, it is closed. Uh, clearly, it was once collapsed wall okay. that's just filled up with water from the surface. Uh, so, uh, where do you guys want to go? I think the only like, way out is through. Yeah, keep moving our way through the back side of this, right? Yeah, you can keep going. Yeah. Okay. Rudy, I think if you go around, you can meet us there. What was that? Go around? Go around. It seems to come out the other side. Alright, but if I get eaten, it's a, it's on you. <laughs> He'll start making his way. <laughs> and roll for initiative. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it is the thing. You're you're on the poop exposed side where all the alligators are. <laughs> well, there's an alligator in there. <laughs> you just told me. <laughs> Does anything stop me from coming up the, the walkway? So as you all walk down the walkway, you hear the footsteps echoing all around you from all directions as the three mercenaries that were up top oh God. suddenly appear. And the one at the far north that comes down the stairs, standing there. I'm sorry. I, I hope you don't take this personally, but... We can't have you finding what's deeper inside. Part, where'd you, you come have a job from? To do. And you see that the water flows out into uh, like a greater body of water. You assume somehow they got access from that, but they've been waiting for you here for a little while. If you could already get in here, why are you trying to get in through the goblins? 
Because if we find something big, we'll have to bring it back through the playhouse. I'm not going to spend time trying to swim or get it on a boat. I'd rather take it over land. Oh, you had to but, swim in here. Oh, gross. I'd take a shower. And uh, they're definitely covered in poop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to alarm y'all, but hepatitis C <laughs> is a thing, and I think you guys have it now. Yeah. And they go, such trifles won't bother us soon. Because you'll be dead. <laughs> One of them just disappeared into darkness. I know, because I'm using the reveal feature, but actually, uh-huh. like, roll 20 is like, am I going to reveal it, or am I going to hide it? How is this going to go? Dealer's choice. Dealer's choice. <laughs> By that, it means roll 20's choice. And I guess we'll have to see what happens next time mm-hmm. with these mercenaries, oh! their hepatitis, and... Rudolph's ever-largely-growing fear of crocodiles <laughs> as it becomes a slowly crippling phobia. I think we can just reason with these guys. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, they seem like reasonable they're... people. I reasoned with cat, them call with bullets. Four Corners Games podcast is property of Four Corners Games, Inc. For more information about Four Corners Games, please visit fourcornersgames.com with the number four. Music and sound on this episode by Sirenscape because epic games need epic sound. This podcast uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Inc., which are used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. This podcast is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo Inc. For more information about Paizo's community use policy, please visit paizo.com forward slash community use. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, please visit paizo.com.